This is the Resurrection Identity Podcast, and my name is Tyler Miller. Today, we are going to talk about having a resurrected past. Jesus wants you to live your present and future uninhibited by the things that have come before. We're going to talk about how Jesus hems us in and surrounds us. Only he can do this. This is season one, episode five. Let's go. Welcome back to the Resurrection Identity Podcast. Today, we are going to really dig into something that I think is going to really bless your heart. How do we live our present and our future without being inhibited by our past? I think so many of us live our lives completely based off how we were raised, what traumas happened to us, and we find ourselves in these patterns or these generational curses that have gone unbroken, and we think that it's just the way it has to be. Well, I'm here to tell you today that that is not true. It is not how it has to be. And the Lord wants to meet you in the middle of the things that you've gone through and are still struggling with. And he wants to make it as if your past was completely perfected by him. He wants to take those of us who grew up in really difficult, traumatic situations and make it as if we lived some kind of perfect existence back then with him. Because God is the Redeemer, He can do this. Nothing is impossible with Him. Even changing our times. The Bible says that our times are in His hands. And I love that. It's like from the day we were born, even from before we were born, we know that He knit us together. We know that He numbered the days of our lives. And He had a plan that was set into motion when we arrived on earth. He knew every trauma we would experience. He knew every difficulty we would ever face. And yet he still said, I want this one to live and I want them to be mine forever. It's a great honor to know the Lord and to have been crafted by him specifically for excellent works on this earth. And beyond the works, we get to know him. We get to have relationship with this amazing God. So I fully believe that today, many of you listening are going to walk into new revelation and freedom, and you're going to step out of those traumas from your past that have defined you for way too long, and you're going to step in to a resurrected future. So one of the reasons I've been thinking about this topic lately, having a resurrected past, actually comes from Genesis 41. And the first thing, the reason I started thinking about this is because there's a song by an amazing worshiper named Anna Golden called Manasseh, and it is named after Joseph's firstborn son, who would then be the one who the tribe of Manasseh in ancient Israel was named after. So in Genesis 41, it actually says, Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh and said, It is because God has made me forget all my trouble and all my father's household. Today, let's start with talking about Joseph. So there are several stories in the Bible. There are many stories in the Bible of deep pain, deep difficulty, and how God actually shows up in the middle of it. 
we know from scripture that Jesus is our redeemer. He pays our debts. He changes our situation. He takes dead things and brings them back to life. He leads the host of captives out of captivity and into resurrection with him when he is resurrected on the third day. So Jesus is all about bringing what is dead into new life and creating something new out of what could have been trauma or out of what seems like nothing. What could you possibly do with this situation, Lord? He will take it and make it into something beautiful. Now, when we look at Joseph's life, it is pretty darn intense. It starts out with being the favorite child. All the favorite kids, raise your hand. No, don't do that. It's selfish. Um, now, Joseph is raised as this favorite. Jacob loves Joseph, and he lets everyone know about it, right? He gives him benefits that his other brothers don't really see in the same way. Famously, the coat of many colors. Jealousy breeds in his brothers because of this favoritism and because of dreams that Joseph has had that tell him that his brothers will one day bow down before him. And I think kind of foolishly, he tells his brothers these dreams, which again, launches them into deeper jealousy and bitterness against him. So they sell him into slavery. They sell him to Egypt. They tell Jacob that he's dead. So Joseph's dad thinks that he is dead, that he's been attacked by an animal and he's in so much grief. And Joseph then goes to Egypt and gets these different positions and all these things keep happening to him. He finds himself in prison. People say they're going to help him out and then they don't. And then crazy circumstances happen with dreams. And then he gets, you know, uh, the dream interpretation. There's just so many different things that are on his life, like gifting-wise. He's, he's a servant, he's a diligent worker, he's promoted, and finally, he gets to the point at 30 years old, so this is a huge long story, because this whole thing starts when Joseph is 17, and it's not until he's 30 that he gets put in his high position, of which these dreams at 17 were actually about, and he becomes basically the head honcho over all of Pharaoh's house. And so Joseph becomes this man of amazing, amazing um, status and worth in Egypt. And he goes from brothers literally selling him as a slave to being the ruler over everything in Egypt under Pharaoh, like second in command, which is amazing. So with our lives, we might go through Joseph seasons, or maybe you have a past that feels like Joseph. You're like, man, I feel like I've been betrayed by my family. Maybe I've been beaten. I feel like I have, I don't know, given my body away. I have been doing things in my past that have just traumatized me and bankrupted my life. I was abused by my father or mother, uh, whatever it was. There are all these things in our past that can make us think, because of what happened to me back then, I can't be okay now. I certainly can't have a future with a hope because I will always be defined by my trauma. I want to let you know today, and I'm preaching directly to you, listener, the one who is listening right now, you do not have to stay who Satan tried to make you in your past. 
Satan wants to take your trauma and make it into your identity. But Jesus came to give you life and life abundantly. The Bible says that nothing shall be impossible with God. We need to take the Bible at its word. It doesn't mean, well, some things will be impossible. It says nothing shall be impossible with God. That includes the Lord Jesus literally going back into your history supernaturally and healing it as though it never happened, as though it's something you can actually forget and have removed from your mind, removed from your heart, the damage of it. You will remember it happened, but the effects of it, you can have victory over and you will have victory over in Jesus' name. The word salvation in Greek is sozo, and it means saved, healed, and delivered. So whether you know it or not, when you came to Jesus as your Lord and Savior, when you asked him into your heart, what you were actually doing was asking the Savior, the Healer, and the Deliverer to come in and take up residence in you. And those benefits come with salvation. That's what the word means. It's not just, I get to go to heaven one day. It's also, I get to be healed and delivered now. I get to see his goodness in the land of the living because that's who he is. We don't lay claim to this stuff so often. We think, well, no, he can't deliver me. I'm not going to be physically healed or emotionally healed. Um, He'll save me. For some reason, we always say that. Like, well, we know he saves us, but we don't really receive the healing or deliverance part. And I want to tell you today, friend, Jesus came so that you could be saved, healed, and delivered. You are not a slave to the past. Joseph literally lived as a slave. He was lied about by Potiphar's wife. She said that he tried to sleep with her and rape her, all these different things. None of these things were true. He was lied about, spit upon by his brothers, attacked by them. I mean, horrible, horrible circumstances that in today's day and age, if we were to hear someone's testimony that went through what Joseph went through, we would be stunned. It's so crazy. But look at who Joseph becomes. By the time he has his firstborn son, he's second in command of all of Egypt. And there's some sort of healing that's taken place in his life where he says, I'm going to name my child Manasseh. And it is because God has made me forget all my trouble and all my father's household. So if the Bible says that God can make someone forget all their trouble and all their father's household. And I think just when we're thinking, he doesn't hate his father or anything. It's talking about the past, those things that happened to him within his father's household. If Joseph can say that, then I believe we can too. I fully believe if that's in the word, that is for us to experience. So I know a lot of us come out of very, very traumatic situations. And I believe today is a day of resurrection from that. And so we're going to just walk through a couple scriptures about what Jesus does and who he is. And we're going to bounce back and forth through the story of Joseph. I mentioned earlier this song called Manasseh by Anna Golden. And one of the lyrics in it has really just been playing in my head. And what she says in the song is, You've traded all my traumas for vantages of grace. I love 
thinking about that. Your trauma can literally become a vantage point of grace. So when I talk about a vantage point, the word vantage means a place or position affording a good view of something. When you've gone through trauma, anything that's been really forming of your identity from a negative perspective, from something really horrific, sometimes all you can do is live in that valley with it, or at least that's how it feels. I have to live in this valley of trauma forever because I can't get this off of my mind. But the Bible says that the Lord has seated us in heavenly places with him. So first of all, what better vantage point could there be then seated in heavenly places next to Jesus. We're like sitting with him in heaven already right now. I don't understand how that works, but I am so thankful for it because we're positionally right by him. We're right by his side. He has seated us in the heavenly realm with him. And from that vantage point, we can know that seated right next to our Savior, we can watch as he takes everything the enemy meant for evil in our pasts. And he changes it and uses it for good. Every last tactic, every last trauma that came from the enemy or from our flesh, we can fully know and believe in faith that he will turn it and use it for good because that is who he is. So I love that lyric. You've taken all my trauma. You've traded all my trauma for vantages of grace. I want to always know where I'm seated. I always want to look from that heavenly perspective. And we should always be praying for the spirit of revelation to come upon us so that we can realize these things, these supernatural things here in the natural. Lately, I feel like I've also gotten this picture of how the Lord goes before and behind us, how he hems us in. And so I believe when you receive the healing of the Lord and you allow him in, you allow him into those dark memories, you do that work of inner healing with the Lord. You basically go back through your history with him and you ask him, Lord, where were you in the midst of this circumstance? Would you show me where were you in the room? What was your heart? What was the look on your face? And he'll show you where he was and what he was doing. And then we just ask him, Lord, okay, I know you were there I, because I know that you're never apart from me, but what was your version of what should have happened this day? What would you have preferred? And let him heal that memory. He is so faithful to take us through and change things. And again, I understand that, well, that didn't actually happen. What actually happened to me was traumatic. Yes, of course. And no one's discounting that. But we can invite the Lord into our past and in our mind, as we go back to that memory, we can ask him, God, would you heal this part of me? Would you heal that day? Would you come in and take up residence in that memory and show me what your heart was that day as my father? And I believe he will. And he is going to heal you in ways that you never thought possible. And it's going to give you power in your testimony because no longer will you be defined by those old memories, but you will actually stand and walk in newness because of the healing that takes place in those memories with him. If you open your Bible to Psalm 139, I want to talk about this, how he goes before and behind us. 
So Psalm 139, he says, You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Let's stop there, the end of verse 6. So I love, first of all, it just says, Lord, you have searched me and you know me. He, he knows when we're sitting down, when we're rising, when we're driving somewhere, when we're doing errands that feel mindless. He's part of all of it. Whether we acknowledge him or not, he is part of it. It says, you discern my going out and my lying down. He's familiar with everything that we do. He knows the patterns of our life. And before we speak, he already knows what we're going to say because he's reading it on our heart. And then it has in verse five, this beautiful verse that says, you hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. When I think of being hemmed in, I think of being held tightly. It's like two ends of fabric on either side of me, and I'm being sewn into the middle of it somehow. And I think about how I believe the Lord's desire is to be our focus in front of us always so that we're always gazing into his eyes. We're always beholding him and looking on him for the future. And then I think also he wants to get us to a point of healing that if we were to look back, if we were to turn our head and look behind us at the past, what we would see is Jesus and his provision and his goodness and how he protected us. So on both sides, you see Jesus. I think that's where he wants to get us. But so often we think Jesus is this distant person thing, you know, lifestyle that I'll attain in the future when I'm perfect. But right now, all I can do is look back at my broken past and actually live a life of ungratefulness and bitterness and unforgiveness because of the hand I've been dealt. And that's just not true. The Lord is your redeemer. He has paid the debts for all of those things by his broken body on the cross, by his spilled blood. He has literally paid for your past. So maybe your past is not trauma that was inflicted onto you, but it was stuff that you chose. That's my story. It was addiction, pornography. Maybe for you it was drugs or alcohol. And you're like, man, because of those stupid things I did back then, I've made these decisions that have been life-altering. And again, no one's discounting that. You might have consequences from those sins back then that are still with you to this day. But we know that the Lord is not a God of condemnation. He wants to make a beautiful way for us to walk forward in our path right now with him, regardless of what is trying to hang on from the past. So I want to encourage you today in that, that even if there's a consequence that has followed you, he can heal it. He can bring healing. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's family. Maybe it's a son or a daughter or estranged or from a, you know, child outside of wedlock, whatever. He can redeem those relationships and he wants to affect everyone that's part of it. So he wants to take your pain and turn it into glory. He's so good. So if we keep reading in Psalm 139 in verse seven, it says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? 
If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Okay, so this is more of what I'm saying. So where can we go from his spirit? Nowhere. Where can we flee from his presence? Nowhere. He surrounds us. He hems us in. No matter what our past was, no matter what our future is, he is faithful to carry us through and to show up. He shows up. God shows up for you if you didn't know. He's not an absent father. He is the most present father ever. And we love his presence. And then it says, no matter where I go, you're going to be there, heavens or in the depths. It says, if I rise on the wings of the dawn or settle on the far side of the sea, no matter where I go in this earth, you will be there. And even if I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, this to me kind of speaks of like those times when we have lived in our past in seasons of sin, where it's like, I'm going to hide from God. And a lot of the time we do this from shame. It's like, I hate who I am. I'm addicted to this stuff. I can't stand myself. I need to hide myself from God because surely he cannot forgive me. I don't want him to see any of these things that I'm doing. And we try to, as if we could, hide our heart away or hide our face from him. And it says there is no darkness in him. He knows everything that we're going through. And I like to think about this as an invitation to vulnerability with him. You can't hide from God. You don't need to try to hide from God because before your days were started, <laughs> humanly speaking, before you even were born, he knew your days. He knew everything that you would ever do. And that's what he told me. That's what changed my life. When I was baptized in the Holy Spirit at 24, he told me in my journal, I knew what you would struggle with when I created you, and I decided to create you anyway. He knows every poor decision, every sin, every trauma that would happen to you or through you, and he still decided to create you anyway because he's a redeeming, loving God that wants to take your story and turn it into one of light. Continuing in verse 13, it says, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. This is what we just said, right? His eyes saw us before we were even born and all of our days were ordained before one of them even happened, before we were even born. Verse 17 says, how precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them? Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. 
So this is so beautiful because so many of us think, well, God doesn't think about me or he has nothing good for me. All I am are the things that I've done and the things that have happened to me. And that's who I'm going to be forever. My family has always been like this X, Y, or Z, you know, whatever the situation is. And God is telling you in his word right here, I have precious thoughts for you. And even if you have never experienced a moment of peace yet on this earth, and you have never experienced someone seeing you as precious and valuable, I think those things about you. And I think them all day, all the time. You could never count the amount of thoughts I think about you. It says if we were to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand on the seashore. This is who your father is. I think when we discover who the father is, according to his word, according to what he has spoken of himself, we get total revelation on who we are and who we can be if we're not living it yet. So today is the day to make these changes in your mind about who God is and what he says about you, regardless of your past. He wants to lead you out of a life of sin, out of being dedicated to the trauma, dedicated to the bitterness, and into forgiveness and a life of grace. He has so much beauty in store for you. It's unbelievable. But believe it, because it's coming and it's good. <laughs> so what I want to move on to now is actually Genesis 45 verses four through seven. So this is going to be more proof from the word that you can actually be resurrected from your past and a different person in your present and future, totally not formed by your past, but instead formed by the potter's hands, right? The father's hands who is making you into this beautiful vessel. So it says in Genesis 45, starting in verse four, this is after Joseph's brothers come to Egypt during the famine. And then there's all these kind of tricks that Joseph plays on his brothers. And he now is revealing who he is to them because they don't recognize him. This is another thing I love. Joseph immediately recognizes his brothers when they come to Egypt to get help during the famine, but they don't recognize him. And I kind of wonder, yes, it's been a long time, right? He's 30 now, um, or at least he was 30 when he took that position over of being second in command in Egypt. But I wonder if his brothers were stuck in their past mistake with what they did to their brother and their guilt and shame had been eating them for years. I wonder if they've been stuck there so that they have just been the same. They've never kind of moved ahead. They've never um, been resurrected into anything new. They've just been like struggling and, and dealing with the consequences of their actions. But Joseph is so different when they see him. He, they don't even recognize him. Like, do you know that it's possible to even look different because of what's going on inside you than you've ever looked before? Some of you went through high school and horrible abuse and horrible things around that age, and you used to wear really dark clothes and dark makeup and dyed your hair, you know, whatever color so that you would show your pain in some way externally. Um, and I'm not, this is not against anyone that dyes their hair. This is just like, there are images that we take on there are personas that we take on because of things that hurt us. 
And when the Lord touches your life, you literally start to look different. You stand up a little straighter. You might put on something that's not so dark. I don't know, but you'll actually look different to the world around you. And beyond your clothing, it's your countenance. Your face changes. The way you speak to people changes. Your words are dripping with grace and sweetness and the fruit of the Spirit. Your heart changes when the Lord encounters you. And it's so funny. I know for myself, too. If you look at pictures of, gosh, if you look at pictures of your past. Okay, some of us, maybe some of us here recording this used to wear, okay, jeans that cut off their circulation and a very trendy shirt that was called a deep V. Okay, that was basically a V-neck that went to your belly button. Okay, we all do things. Okay, we all make mistakes. Okay, but when I look at those pictures now, I actually, I just have to laugh because I'm like, wow, I was just so different than who I am now. And I was trying to fit in with a culture and these lusts that I had. And I'm just so different now because of God, not because I'm good at being different, but because God is good at making us different. Hallelujah. Someone needs to say amen. So let's get into this scripture. So Joseph's brothers, again, they don't recognize him several times because they go to and from Egypt. So now this is Joseph's reveal. So if we actually start in verse three, it says, Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Is my father still living? But his brothers were not able to answer him because they were terrified at his presence. Then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother, Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you for two years now. There has been famine in the land, and for the next five years, there will be no plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. Oh, this is so good. Okay. I love this. And this is how you and I can be too, all because of Jesus indwelling us by the Holy Spirit. So I love that he says, And now he tells them, don't be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. Did you know that God can change your mind about the situation that you're in? If you were sold into slavery like he was in Egypt and ended up there, do you think your first thought would have been, you know what? I bet that God is sending me ahead for something really important. Probably not. It would probably be really hard when you're first sold into slavery. You don't know what's going on, especially in Joseph's case. The Lord had given him dreams about raising him up and doing these amazing exploits and his brothers bowing down to him. And Joseph now has a different perspective than when he was first sold and abused by his brothers. He literally is like, don't even be angry at yourselves. My perspective, what I know now from this high place that I've been seated by God is that he actually sent me ahead of you to save your lives. What perspective? He's operating on a heavenly level here. This is like supernatural when I read this. And this is what is available to all of us. 
Joseph was just like you or I. I love the word because it's it's ordinary people who get into these extraordinary circumstances all by their extraordinary God. So he literally sees his past as something good when we know it wasn't. It was not, I mean, we know it is by God's standard, but like for us in a human sense, being beaten and sold into slavery is not a great thing to happen to you, right? That would not be a good thing. But what does the Bible say? Again, he takes everything that the enemy means for evil and he turns it for good. So Joseph receives that revelation and he's living it. And I just love that it's like, yeah, it was not you who sent me here, but God. He he made me in charge of the entire household of Pharaoh. It's so powerful. God lifted him up and his perspective got totally shifted. And he even looked different. His brothers didn't even recognize him because, of course, they thought that he was dead probably by this point or who knows. But like, it is so awesome what God will do. I feel fire on this. I know that you listening, you need to hear this today. So I want you to know that God, as you seek him, as you gaze into his eyes and you ask him and invite him into your past experiences, no matter how traumatic, and let him heal you, let him open those things up. Let him inside of those wounds that you're carrying and stop identifying by those things. A lot of horrible things have happened to so many people and we're, we're not minimizing the pain or anything. And you can be so honest about your pain with God. But I want to be honest with you, according to the word, that when you invite him in, he heals you and delivers you. That's who he is. So I am believing right now that there are people who are listening that are going to step into a glorious future that they have never experienced before. And that this is going to be the first day that you step into some radical healing with Jesus. So I'm excited. I want us to pray right now. Let's see what the Lord will do. King Jesus, I love you. We love you, Lord Jesus. Father, you are so good to us. You are so generous. You are so kind that you would send us your only son so that through his death and resurrection, we could forever be raised above the curse and seated in heavenly places, seated in that place where we have a vantage point of grace. God, I thank you that our very traumas that have defined us for so long can become these touch points of the Lord's healing that will lead us to bear much fruit as we lead many to deliverance. I pray right now, Father God, that if there is any unforgiveness in us, you would highlight it right now. Who is it that we need to forgive, Father? I pray you would start highlighting it. Just speak those names to us in our hearts. And as the Lord highlights, just go ahead and write those names down. Father, I pray that you would lead us in forgiveness to these people. I pray that the burdens that we've had from holding so tightly to bitterness and unforgiveness would be broken today. 
If he's bringing any names up to you, I want you to go ahead. You can stop the prayer right here. And I want you to just start saying, Lord, I choose to forgive whoever the person is. And I bless them in Jesus' name. I release them from what they did to me. Father, I thank you that you have now freed us from every ounce of bitterness and every ounce of unforgiveness. I pray, Father, that now you would come into our memories, that you would start bringing memories that you would like to heal to mind. Even if it's painful, even if we break down in tears, God, we invite you in. So, Lord, I pray right now for whoever's listening, you would start speaking the memories that you want to heal to their heart. Just bring those up. As the Lord brings these up, I want you to write down what are the memories. And then one by one, I want you to go through and ask the Lord, Father, would you show me where you were while this was happening? And what was your opinion about what was happening? And then I want you to ask, Father, would you redeem this memory and show me what you would have liked to have happened instead? I will now receive that as the fullness of the truth of my life. Because your opinion supersedes mine. You can pause the prayer here if you need to. Lord Jesus, today I partner with my friends who are listening and I stand with them and I break agreement with every trauma from the past. We break agreement with every addiction. We break agreement with every sexual encounter. We break agreement with every demonic spirit that has attached itself to them in Jesus' name the name that is above every name. We command every one of these principalities, these demon spirits, these things that have just tanked their life, that have taken them down and made them believe that they are something that they are not. Right now, I command every demonic spirit that has been influencing the people listening to leave on the count of three. You are not allowed to stay anymore. You are not allowed to speak anymore. And we are not asking you to leave. We are commanding you to leave in the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name. One, two, three, up and out in Jesus' name. We command you to leave this person and be sealed back in hell where you belong. Thank you, Jesus. Every last one, go now, go, get out in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. We receive your healing. And Jesus, I pray right now that you would fill up every space that was being taken up by those demonic spirits, Father. That your spirit would pour into each of these listeners, Father. And I pray the joy of the Lord would break out in them right now. That there would be laughter in the place of pain. That they would step into Manasseh right now, this place where they can forget the pain of their past and focus on the joy of their present and future with you. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. We bless you. We love you. We need you. And Father, I just declare every chain broken in Jesus' name. 
every sexual chain, every chain connected to witchcraft and the occult, every chain connected to addiction, every mistaken identity must bow right now to the name of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, I pray and stand on his word. Amen. Thank you guys so much for listening today and for praying these prayers. And I want you to expect healing because if you have been saved by Jesus, you have been saved, healed, and delivered. Now, the last thing, if you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have to. This is so important. This is literally a life or death decision. It is the only decision that literally affects your entire eternity. So all you need to do to know Jesus as your Savior is come to him. You need to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord that he is the one true living God, and you need to repent of your sin. You need to tell him, Lord, I have messed up. I know I can't save myself. I can't be my own savior, and I don't want to be. I need you to come and save me from the consequences of my sin, the eternal consequences. I need you to come in and take up residence in my life. I want you to be my Lord which means you're in control of my whole life, and Savior, which means that I receive your salvation, which is salvation, healing, and deliverance. Saved, healed, and delivered. God, I need your deliverance today. So I ask you, Holy God, Holy Jesus, Holy Spirit, to come in and be my Lord and Savior. When you pray, and you genuinely ask him in to start a relationship with you, just like I just talked about, he will come in immediately by the power of his spirit, and his spirit will take up residence in your spirit, and he will start a journey with you of resurrection life. If you have any questions about that, or you would like someone to pray with you, go ahead and email me at resurrectionidentityministries at gmail.com. I would love to talk to you about these things. Thank you so much for listening to episode five of season one, and I hope this blesses you. I know this really has been on my heart, and I'm so excited to share these things with you. Have a glorious rest of your day, and I will see you next time.